Welcome to Watch Therefore. Our Savior Jesus told us to watch for His coming, and the signs that He spoke of are all around us, shouting, Watch Therefore, and be ready. So join me, Dove Schwartz, as we learn to watch and prepare for the coming of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now today's program was recorded at Calvary Chapel Beth Shalom in Pearland, and I'd like to invite all of our listeners in the Houston area to join us at Calvary Chapel in Pearland, where the Bible is taught line upon line, chapter upon chapter, book upon book, where prayer is a priority and where fellowship is something we experience together as Jesus our Savior walks in our midst by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, Ray Jensen is the new pastor at Calvary Chapel Beth Shalom, and the Lord has raised him up to lead this congregation in this critical hour just before the coming of Messiah Jesus. Listen today, and we pray you're blessed. And Exodus 11, verse 1. And the Lord said to Moses, I will bring one more plague on Pharaoh and on Egypt. Afterward, he will let you go from here. When he lets you go, he will surely drive you out of here altogether. Speak now in the hearing of the people, and let every man ask from his neighbor and every woman from her neighbor, articles of silver and articles of gold. And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. Moreover, the man Moses was very great in the land of Egypt, in the sight of Pharaoh's servants, and in the sight of the people. Now that they were about to be delivered from out of there, the Israelites were to get silver and gold from the Egyptians, and who apparently were more kind to them than Pharaoh was. Even Moses himself was highly esteemed by Pharaoh's officials. And they'd been competing against Pharaoh, uh, against Moses all this time. They esteemed Moses as well. Probably because of the miracles that they had seen through Moses, that had been working through Moses. Now this helps explain why the Egyptians gave some of their expensive jewelry away to the Israelites. You may wonder, why did they just give, give it away to them? Because they were now highly esteemed. God said they were going to do it. Exodus 3 and 20, I want to show you. He had told them, so I will stretch out my hand and strike Egypt with all my wonders, which I will do in its midst. And after that, he will let you go. And I will give this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. And it shall be when you go that you shall not go empty handed. But every woman shall ask of her neighbor, namely of her who dwells near her house, articles of silver, articles of gold and clothing. And you shall put them on your sons and on your daughters. So you shall plunder the Egyptians. And so now this has finally come to pass. This is actually going to come down as it was said, right? You know, when God says something's going to happen, it's going to happen. When God says Jesus is coming back, you better believe he's coming back. And I'm telling you, it could be any time. I hope if you're not right with the Lord now, you get right tonight because he could come any time, right? So they're, they're plundering the Egyptians because they have found favor with them. And now they're not going to go out of there empty handed. Whatever the Israelites took from the Egyptians... I'm sure it was still not payment enough for the past 400 years of slavery that they had been through. Exodus 11 and 4. Then Moses said, Thus says the Lord, about midnight, I will go out into the midst of Egypt, and all the firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die. Okay, pause a minute, Ray. That does not sound like the God I know. Well, let me introduce you to the God of the Bible. He says, I will go out in the midst of Egypt, I will, and all the firstborn shall die. From the firstborn of Pharaoh who sits on his throne, even to the firstborn of the female servant who is behind the handmill. 
and all the firstborn of the animals. Then there shall be a great cry throughout all the land of Egypt, such as was not like it before, nor shall be like it again. But against none of the children of Israel shall a dog move its tongue against man or beast, that you may know that the Lord does make a difference between the Egyptians and Israel. And all these your servants shall come down to me and bow down to me, saying, Get out, and all the people who follow you. After that I will go out. Then he went out from Pharaoh in great anger. So like I said, some of the plagues came with no warning at all. Pharaoh had been resistant, and so now this plague is going to come with no opportunity for him to repent first. Quite a thought that a plague, a consequence of sin, is going to come upon you with no warning. No warning. No time to repent. You know what? I always say this. Right now, today, is a good time to get right with Jesus Christ right now. Friends, the Lord actually does operate like this. He warns us to repent so that we can be right with Him. Friends, the Lord, He, he wants to warn us so that we can turn around and, be, and come to, uh, to Jesus to be saved. If we continue on and on in willful sin, God might get to the point where He delivers harsh judgment, but with no warning first. That's quite a thought for me to think of. I have had warnings in my life. I've had people come up to me before and said, Ray, this is wrong. You need to repent. There may come a time when the warnings stop. Right now is a good time to get right with Jesus. I'll tell you what, for one thing, take my standing here right now. Wherever you are, I don't know everybody in the room, wherever you are in life, take this as your warning to get right with Jesus because the judgment that could come, you may not get a warning for at all. It may be it. Good time to repent now. So in the 10th and final judgment, In every Egyptian family, the firstborn son would die in the middle of the night. And God was going to do this. God was going to kill them. Again, this is not the American Jesus we're used to hearing about. This is the God of the Bible, the real one. Now, a firstborn always received special favor. And so Pharaoh's son was going to be heir to the throne after him as the firstborn. And so Pharaoh's son also, just like Pharaoh himself, he was considered to be a god. He's going to die. Again, we're confronted with the question, why would God bring such chaos on the Egyptians? Remember, God is sovereign over all humanity. Our prosperity or judgment is not because of God's favoritism, but because He desires to accomplish His will. What God wants to do to accomplish His will, He will do. And not only that, He's putting this chaos on the people to wake them up to save them from something infinitely worse, a place called hell. It really exists. It's in the Bible. I can show you a bunch of places of it. Jesus talks about it. I would rather you go through trial and tribulation here and wake up and repent, come to belief in Jesus and be saved and avoid eternal condemnation. So for God to do this to Egypt is not unfair. We don't put God in our courtroom and say, God, you're not fair. God has a point to this. God is holy which means set apart. He has authority over all. He has the right to do what He wills for His own purpose. And again, as I've said before, God actually saving people through this. So it's an act of mercy, not harshness. It's an act of mercy and grace by God to afflict them with these plagues now instead of letting them be condemned. Remember, we are the sinners here. I'm a sinner too. Satan wants you to think, no, you're the worst one. You're all by yourself. You're not. We're all sinners. We all deserve condemnation. Just remember, 
what God had said to Pharaoh. He said in Exodus 9, 16, He said, Indeed, for this purpose I have raised you up, that I may show my power in you, and that my name may be declared in all the earth. So it's not unfair for God to do these things that He's doing to Egypt. He's trying to proclaim His name to the whole earth so that everybody can go, Oh, that's God! And wake up and be saved. That's why He's doing this. Remember, also the Egyptians are polytheists, meaning they had many, many false gods, a bunch of them. Those who refuse to worship the one true God of Israel, they make themselves objects of judgment. Objects of judgment. His wrath is going to fall on them. Read Romans 1. It's very clear on this. And so again, God is about to stomp all over the Egyptian belief system. The belief system of the Egyptians is they had gods for this and gods for that and gods all over the place. God is stomping all over their theology saying, "Uh uh-uh, I am just one God. There is just one God here. And now, tonight, he's about to take Pharaoh's own son, who's considered also to be a god. By killing the firstborn, he's showing that all of their gods can do nothing. They had a goddess named Osiris, I think it is, protector of their children. God's going to show them, Osiris is non-existent. He does not exist. He's not real. The God of Israel is going to show he is the one true God. See, many people are going to come to believe through this. Even Egyptians. This ain't just for the Israelites to leave. A lot of Egyptians are going are gonna to believe out of this. Now, in previous confrontations between Moses and Pharaoh, Moses gave him the opportunity to release the Israelites. But this time the plague is going to come and Moses is never going to give Pharaoh any warning. Like I said, if you keep on in willful sin, don't go on and on thinking you've got the opportunity to repent forever. Well, I've got plenty of time. I've got a lot of time left. Do you have any guarantee that you'll be here tomorrow? I sure don't. I've confronted people with repentance before and they say, well, I'll repent later. Well, pay attention to this story because Pharaoh's about to get a heavy one put on him with no warning to repent. Good time right now to get right with Jesus. Don't wait. And so now Moses was angry with Pharaoh as he, he walked out angry. This time, no chance to repent. He told Pharaoh, this time your servants are going to bow to me. And they're going to say, get out and everybody with you. That's pretty severe. That's pretty severe. Now they want them to leave. First they were like, no, you're not leaving. You've got to stay here. You're our workforce. Now they're going to get to a point where they say, please get out. Go. This time, the tenth plague. This was to be the work of God alone, heavily. Friends, sin and repentance is a serious issue. It's serious. I don't mean to try to scare you, but what's coming if you don't repent is worse than anything I can do. Sin is a serious issue. God takes it seriously. And America has invented a false God that says, I'll save everybody no matter what they do. No matter what lifestyle you pick, I'll save you. Just go right ahead. I just love you so much. I just want to throw blessings all over you. That is not the God here I'm reading about in God's Word. We have invented a false God here, and a lot of people follow that false God in America. It's going to get them in trouble. Exodus 11 and 9. But the Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh will not heed you, so that my wonders may be multiplied in the land of Egypt. So Moses and Aaron did all these wonders before Pharaoh, and the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he did not let the children of Israel go out of his land. They're referring to the previous, this part is referring to the previous plagues, is reminding us all these things that they did with Pharaoh that he would not let them go. I think 9 and 10 were written here to also give us an indication that if all of that wouldn't get Pharaoh to budge, then this 10th and final plague 
was going to be absolute terror. However, in the midst of even absolute terror, God is going to establish His protection, His covering over His people, Israel, through what's called Passover. God is about to take Israel out of Egypt. So the Israelites were to receive a new identity as the people of the true God. Israel was about to begin their new history with a new calendar. You're about to go out of Egypt. I'm about to set you up with a new calendar from the time you're delivered out. So we see it here, Exodus 12 and 3. Speak to all the congregation of Israel, saying, On the tenth of this month, here comes the calendar. On the tenth of this month, every man shall take for himself a lamb, according to the house of his father, a lamb for a household. And if the household is too small for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next to his house take it according to the number of the persons, according to each man's need. You shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats. Now you shall keep it until the 14th day of the same month. Then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it at twilight. And they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and on the lintel of the houses where they eat it. Then they shall eat the flesh on that night, roasted in fire, with unleavened bread, and with bitter herbs they shall eat it. Do not eat it raw, nor boiled at all with water, but roasted in fire. Its head with its legs and its entrails, you shall let none of it remain until morning. And what remains of it until morning, you shall burn with fire. And thus you shall eat it with a belt on your waist, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. So you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt on that night and will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord." Now the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. So this day shall be to you a memorial. And you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. You shall keep it as a feast by an everlasting ordinance. And you know, this is why I go to Passover. I attend a Passover Seder every year. This is one of the holidays, one of the feasts I see in the Bible. So anyway, God's instructions on how to observe the Passover here are given. Now the blood of the animals was to be placed on the door frames, the doorposts of the houses. The animal meat roasted, the people were to eat it with bitter herbs and unleavened bread. Now the slaying of a lamb without blemish. I know some of you see the significance of that, and it's really cool. The slaying of a lamb without blemish, it's a perfect lamb, is a prefigure of our sinless Lord Jesus Christ, who is known as the Lamb of God. I love how John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. The Lamb of God. The reason they roasted the meat is because they weren't to eat it raw like pagans did. Pagans ate it more raw. The Israelites were God's people. They were set apart. You're mine. Don't be like pagans. Be like my set-apart holy people. Don't eat like the pagans who worship false gods do. Now, the bitter herbs. I've had those bitter herbs on the, on the Passover Seder. 
it's bitter. <laughs> the bitter herbs symbolize the sorrow and the grief of the bitter experience of all the oppression that they faced in Egypt all that time. It was a reminder. This was a bitter time. And they ate unleavened bread that they ate without leaven, which is not, leaven is yeast. They did not have time to wait for the bread to rise. In other words, they were eating unleavened bread because they were about to leave in a big hurry. God says, I'm going to come through and strike, get ready to go. Now, God also instructed the people to eat the entire meal quickly while being ready and dressed for travel. Notice in verse 11, God says, you shall eat it with a belt on your waist your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. You shall eat it in in haste. Eat it in a hurry. This is the Lord's Passover. Eat this. I'm about to get you out of here tonight. Be ready to go. I can just imagine after being stuck in Israel for 400 years, this is the night that He says, get ready to eat this Passover. Be ready to go. I'm like, yes, we're finally out of here after all this time. All right, I'm getting my belt on. Let's get ready to go. (laughs) Where's my shoes? You know, we're going. So you can see the urgency that God gave them here because He's going to have them get up and leave in a hurry that night. You know, 400 years of bondage and tonight's the night. All of this was to be done with the blood of the Lamb on the doorposts of their homes. Because right before the Lord was to have them get out of Egypt, He was going to pass through the land and strike all the firstborn, executing judgment. Now what a terrifying night this was about to be. A terrifying night, except for those with the blood of the Lamb. God's method of His covering. Other, you know, if you don't have the blood of the Lamb, no reason to be afraid. But if you, you know, if you don't have the blood of the Lamb, you should be scared. I want you to take notice. According to what we read, not your opinion, not my opinion. According to what we read and the standard of God's word, who is going to strike the firstborn of Egypt? God. God. If you're thinking to yourself, you can't believe in a God that would do such a thing. Well, I can't believe in a God that would do such a thing. That's terrible. Well, wait a minute. This was a sinful people. This was a people that outright rejected God and worshipped false gods. This is not the God who just lets everybody live however they want to. He'll just save everybody because He loves everybody so much. Doesn't matter how you live. No, this is the God of Israel. This is the true God. The God of the Bible here, who He says who He really is. I want to show you in Isaiah 45, 7. You won't hear this in prosperity preaching. I form the light and create darkness. I make peace and create calamity. I, the Lord, do all these things. God does this. Oh, Ray, you're going over the edge now. Well, there it is. It's either in the book or it's not. If it's there, I've got to believe it. He does these things to wake people up. And He's doing this for Egypt, right? Friends, we have got to know who God really is, especially if we expect any blessing from Him. And even more so, if we want to accurately represent who He is. You can't represent to other people who God is if you don't know who He is in the first place. You'll end up representing your own figment of your imagination of who you think God is. God is just, and so He executes judgment against sin. However, God is also, at the same time, He's also love. Ray, you're getting a little fire and brimstone on me here. He's also love. And He's also graceful. He gives grace to those who are His. And the reason this is called Passover is because when the Lord saw the blood on the doorposts, 
he would pass over that house and not execute judgment on those who were under the blood of the Lamb. Pretty simple. Get under the blood of the Lamb, you're okay. If you're not, your choice. So when he saw the blood of the Lamb around that door, he would not strike those there with judgment. God is just, but He is also gracious. The thing for you to know is that it's much better to be under God's grace than to be under God's judgment. I'm thankful that He called me out and gave me the opportunity to repent. He warned me, repent, turn around, get out of that mess you're playing with, get out of that sin, get under the grace, under the blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ, and you'll be fine. Get under the grace of God so that His judgment will pass over you too. See, God's mad at sin. Oh, He's mad. God gets mad at sin. You've got to get under the blood of Christ. And so now in Exodus 11 and 15, seven days you shall eat unleavened bread. On the first day you shall remove leaven from your houses. For whoever eats leavened bread from the first day until the seventh day, that person shall be cut off from Israel. On the first day there shall be a holy convocation, and on the seventh day there shall be a holy convocation for you. No manner of work shall be done on them, but that which everyone must eat, that only may be prepared by you. So you shall observe the feast of unleavened bread. For on this same day I will have brought your armies out of the land of Egypt. Therefore you shall observe this day throughout your generations as an everlasting ordinance. In the first month... On the fourteenth day of the month at evening, you shall eat unleavened bread until the twenty-first day of the month at evening. For seven days, no leaven shall be found in your houses, since whoever eats what is leavened, that same person shall be cut off from the congregation of Israel. Whether he is a stranger or a native of the land, you shall eat nothing leavened in all your dwellings. You shall eat unleavened bread." So God then gave instructions for the Feast of Unleavened Bread as a national celebration of Israel's redemption from Egypt. Homes were to have everything with yeast removed. Get all the yeast out, out of the house, because yeast or leaven is a symbol of sin. Get it out of your house. And I can tell you figuratively in the same way, get sin out of your house. Get it out of your life. Get it out of your dwelling. Get away from it. The absence of yeast suggests that those who are under the safety of the shed blood of the Lamb are free from the corruption of sin before God. You want to be free of corruption, don't you? We stand before God, holy, set apart. I want to stand before God, holy. I don't want to have unrepentant, willful sin hanging around in my life. Get the leaven out. Thanks for listening today, and please join me every day, Monday through Friday, unless our Lord Jesus returns for us this week. This program is listener-supported and depends on tax-deductible donations to stay on the air. Give to Watch Therefore and contact me through our website at watchtherefore.tv. You can also send tax-deductible donations to Watch Therefore, P.O. Box 564, Pearland, Texas, 77588. Again, by the web, watchtherefore.tv, and mail... Watch Therefore, P.O. Box 564, Caroline, Texas 77588. You can also call me right now at 713-624-0943. That's 713-624-0943. Keep watching for Messiah Jesus. 
This is John Peake with Israeli Self-Defense and Fitness. We are the new breed of martial arts and fitness designed to give you the understanding and skills to defend yourself and your family against an attack or threat by an armed or unarmed attacker or multiple attackers. We're an international organization led by former Israeli soldiers with a curriculum that is simple and effective. You owe it to yourself, family, and loved ones to be able to defend against any assault should the need arise. We are followers of Jesus Christ, led by His Holy Spirit to provide a safe and functional training environment to develop life-saving skills and increase your physical fitness beyond what you may think is possible. We offer group, private, and corporate training. Call today and mention KKHT to get a 10% discount on your membership. Remember, you owe it to yourself and loved ones not to be a victim. Visit us on the web at IsraeliSelfDefense.net or call 713-53-TRAIN. That's 713-538-7246 to get started today.